the ultimate deck podcast need a show about outdoor living this is where it's at with your host shane chapman and way Lorette. thank you for tuning in now let the show begin yeah, yeah the ultimate deck podcast let's go Welcome back, everybody. The Ultimate Deck Podcast. Wade and Shane here in the same room, this same time. As always, you're Wade. I'm Shane. Um, can we put this on the issues list? What? I want new intro music. We've been gone for so long. You can't. And we're back. Now I want new music. Commit to recording weekly podcasts again, and I will get the music Because the music's redone. so bad. I'll get the music If the music redone. changes, I'll come back. I can do the music. Have you seen the Field of Dreams? Build it, and they will come. Uh, change enough. the song. Fine. I'll change the song. As long as country. we then use the song weekly. Can we use a country? We could do country if you want. You yeah, want a country a theme? How about like rich men go to Richmond? We've had the like kind of like, um, not rock, but like the like the, the radio DJ ones. Yeah. <laughs> we had that kind of intro yeah. for a bit. It was actually exactly like that. <laughs> Shane recorded. It was awful. <laughs> I didn't record it. <laughs> And then we have the current hip hop one, which we've had for some time. Yeah, it is time for a change. This is like, <laughs> let's do it. We gotta, we gotta use it. Okay, we will. We'll get this going again. Let's do it. You might hear Warfa's name from time to time now because Warfa is now uh, marketing assistant, official title. Me and Warfa work on things together now, and hmm. so he's in the room here, and he's gonna feed us some things here off the cuff, off the cuff GPT. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he looked He's up producer. What the like, what, what the most important things that homeowners should consider when they're going to build a new deck? Yeah, they certainly shouldn't overlook these things. You know, if and you're if you're a homeowner, we did not look at the list. Like I took a quick glance as it was like as it was being typed up or like on the screen. I was like, yeah, yep, that looks good. Sounds good. And Worf is going to read these off one at a time, and we're going to just using our vast experience and gray hair. Uh, Whew, man, discuss each one. We got some grays. Warfa, what's number one on the list? I didn't think. I didn't think this through. I'm wearing headphones. I could barely hear them. So but I, I got them. local building local codes. building codes and permits. And permits. Okay, this is what you wanted to talk about anyway. It ended up being number one. Uh, oh, perfect. Yeah, because I think it is a question that a lot of homeowners ask. They walk in the store and you know they have an idea of what they want. They're, they're like, I want to use the space for this, this, and this. Do I need a permit? Like, they almost always ask that. Yes. Eh, it's a gray area, man. It's more, it's a very deep, dark gray. Yeah. <laughs> like, so here's the answer. Yes, you need a permit. But if you don't get a permit, then, uh, then sometimes or most times nobody even finds out. <laughs> yeah. Right? If this episode is advice we shouldn't give. <laughs> if the deck falls off the house, uh, the liability is going to fall on you because you don't have a permit. If you do have a permit, it also falls on you because there's no accountability to the inspectors or the engineers. Like no, none of those guys are at fault for anything that happens. So let's, let's not open this wound. So I just, you probably should get a permit because what it does ensure is that your your load. For the like, like the deck load and the pounds per square foot, that's all done properly. It makes sure that you're not overspend and make sure your deck isn't going to fail. It yeah. gives you the best opportunity to do that. Almost always, everybody walks in and was like, "Well, I already have a 16 by 12. I'm just going to replace this deck. Do I need a permit for that?" So technically, you do. That is a that's a a farce. That's a total lie. 
imagine if you had a deck that was 16 feet wide by 12 feet out and it was all framed out of two by 10 and it had rotted and deteriorated. You ripped it all off and you're like, well, I'm just building it the same size, but you built it all out of two by four joists. The exact same size, exact same beam spans, everything. It would be like a, it would be a trampoline and then break and fall. And you'd be like, well, I don't understand why I just built it. You didn't build it the same. Yeah, if you reframe that question around a full house, it's like you tear a house down or a house burns down. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't need to get a permit for the new house. Let's build the same. Just, I'm just going to build the same one. Building on the same lot. Yeah. <laughs> so the the like the only universal answer here is that you must check with your local building department because everywhere is a little bit different as to when you do and when you don't need a permit. Certainly. We can speak from frame of reference within Regina, Saskatoon, and maybe some of the rurals, but even between Regina and Saskatoon where we are, which is only... 250 kilometers or 170 miles away, um, the rules are different between those two communities in the same province. Yep. So, for example, in Regina, uh, you don't need a permit if it's under 32 square feet. Um, Saskatoon, 40, I think. Yeah, Saskatoon is a little bit bigger. Saskatoon, you don't, Regina, you don't need a permit if it's under 12 inches off the ground. Saskatoon, it's eight inches off the ground. Yeah. Like, so even these little tiny differences are different between communities that are nearly identical. Yes. Um, the rules are a little bit different. And then to your point around like the existing deck, okay, the rules around that are a little bit different too. Maybe in some regions, replacement is okay. I don't know. It's not here. If you're replacing just the deck boards and not touching the structure right. and it already had a permit, then you're okay. Correct. Probably didn't have a permit. <laughs> most likely <laughs> so you're still not okay so that's why i just say like yes because the amount of instances where you don't need it are like few and far between so few there are a few instances where you don't need a permit yeah but most cases you do so if you are looking for a yes or no answer default to yes because that's the most likely scenario. yeah and but so check with your building it also really helps you unload your property when you're selling your house later on because if a home inspector does due diligence they would look to see if you did pull a permit for that and if you didn't you're in the process of selling your house and now all of a sudden you have to go and get a permit as like nobody wants to deal with that stuff at the end when you're like trying to get rid of your house you don't want to now be doing this stuff well and one of the so we can look at this from two two perspectives from a uh legal or civic standpoint are you supposed to get a permit yeah the city has their reasons for you wanting to get a permit but for your own personal insurance your own like making sure your project goes okay. It's a good idea to follow the rules of the build and the permit is how you know you're following the rules because let's say you don't build it. Does the permit guarantee that the deck is safe? No, it does not. It does not. Because it only tells you how you're supposed to build it. Yeah. If you don't follow all the supposed to's, then it may still be unsafe even though you got a permit. And maybe there's certain aspects the permit doesn't cover. But what it does cover is are you even allowed, and I, I know this is... right regulation but are you even allowed to build a deck that size yeah, or yeah where you want to build it because some cities again Regina included now have um these percentages of your lot that can be covered by structure and percentage that cannot be covered by structure yep so maybe you've got a house that's already pretty big on your lot your size and you have a garage in the back and you're gonna build a deck but according to the city's rules that deck can only be a max of 200 square feet or else it breaks that whole ratio rule yeah and you're like yeah, but I'm going to build it like 16 by 24. Yeah. All of a sudden, you're 300 some square feet. And if now some shitty neighbor calls in and says, did they get a permit? Didn't get a permit. Sometimes it's as easy as like, oh, okay, I'll apply for the permit now. Yeah. Then you apply for the permit in this situation though, and it fails. Then you got to change your deck. And you got to change your deck. No good. That costs a lot more than a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sure so, does. 
just to be able to like sleep at night and know that you've done things okay and that it's not going to end up costing you financially later yeah. is like I'm a big beg for forgiveness kind of guy and that like it yeah, it'll bite you you know it'll yeah. bite you sometimes yeah so. but some of those building departments can be awfully inflexible they don't care about your forgiveness it's like <laughs> yeah. uh, no you are three inches too long so therefore you're gonna change your deck now. Well, sometimes you can like pull the whole neighborhood and you can get a at a an amendment to it, but you have to have 51 people sign off on it. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, but just crap. the bottom line is the inconvenience of getting a permit is nothing compared, compared to, to like having done something you were well, allowed to do and then having to read. Yeah. And the stress of dealing with all that. So Ugh. all right. Okay. Warfa. Number two. Design and plan slash budget. Also a good one. I mean, we were just talking about designing and planning. Make sure you're doing what you're allowed to do. First of all, right. Know what, canvas you're able to work within i'm allowed to build the deck up this size then figure out the details of like what shape it's gonna be and if it's gonna be tiered and if it's certainly whatever and budgeting of course uh, it's like i don't know man i think budgets are it's got to be the biggest one it's it the must be number one yeah absolutely no one loves to share that but whatever it's huge huge and the problem why some people don't want to share it is because they don't know what it's supposed to cost and they are Maybe embarrassed to even throw a number out there. It's like right. you're standing in front of yeah, you, you're yeah. like, what do you want to spend? And it's like they're like, Well, what well, what I want to spend is about two grand. But yeah. I don't know what this is supposed to cost. Yeah, and you're like, and oh, I don't want that's to look cute. That's dumb. what the railing costs. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, like two grand and you're, and you're kinda of like, uh, you're not gonna like it's uncomfortable to speak to get yeah. put a number on something you don't know anything about. Yeah. But you do have to understand and get there somehow because a deck is not just a deck. You not can't anymore. just say you can't just say a deck is $20 a square foot. Nowadays, you'd be hard-pressed to build one for $20 a square like, foot, regardless of what you do. Yeah. Are you building or are you just supplying it at that price? Yeah. Right? So, But it could be 20 If you just do a treated deck, you're building it itself. Yeah, it probably could be $20 a square foot. But yeah. it could also be 150 if you pick different things. Pretty easy. And you hire yeah. somebody to build it. Like, so it's it's impossible to... Like, the design thing, I think, is really important. Is the, the one that I always mention to homeowners when I talk to them in the stores or on site is just like take the take the space that you don't have in your house the space that you're trying to create in your house and put that outside because it's cheaper to build a deck than to do a renovation on your house sure so if you want if you want dining like your dining room's too small and you wish you could have a little more room there make sure your deck is able to accommodate that and then eat dinner outside occasionally yep and if your couch is crowded or your living room's crowded and small because it's an open concept house and put it's your couch outside put that couch outside <laughs> put the plastic on it you know the plastic couch <laughs> yeah that your mom covered and you weren't allowed to use that's because yeah. it goes on the deck yeah so yeah so get the budget budget figured out i wanted to speak to one point there's there's like this is a common complaint especially from contractors that a lot of vendors out there will put budget calculators or budget tools on their websites yeah. like tracks and like timber tech the manufacturers and there's always complaints that they're wildly inaccurate to what the reality of the situation is. So, and unfortunately, it misleads homeowners into like setting this false expectation. They're like, oh, well, the calculator I used on the line said it was supposed to cost me $8,000. Sounds good. Get and, them to build it. Yeah. And then the contractor's like, it's 23. <laughs> like my materials are 12 yeah. or whatever, right? Whatever the yeah. numbers are. But it's like, don't forget that the the goal of the, uh, of the, Manufacturer. manufacturer is to make sure you choose their deck board. Yep. They may have just like selectively tweaked the data a little bit to make sure that theirs looks a little bit more attractive than the next guys. Yep. Because if my 
brand A calculator says this deck's going to cost you eight, and brand B calculator says it's going to cost 11, you might just go with brand B thinking like, oh, well, it's going to be cheaper to do it with brand B. As far as they're concerned, sweet. Now I'm, a, I think, right? Brand A and B, whatever I said. A was 8,000, B was 11,000? Sure. Right? Is that yeah. right? He wasn't listening. He whichever, fell asleep over there. Whichever alphabet I used. <laughs> so then, so then the homeowner stops even looking at brand B and just starts their search, their path, like their research yep. path down brand A. Yeah. So brand A is like sweet calculator worked just like I planned. Gotcha. Then they go in to go get a deck quote. Oh, turns out it is twelve thousand or eleven thousand dollars. But it's like, but you've already committed yourself mentally. You've picked up the color. You're getting it done in this whatever. Blah blah blah. It's over at that point. It now sure you're is. Just, now you're just mad because yep. it's costing more than you thought it was going to cost. Yeah. Then design, you got to talk about function. How are you going to use the space? Many people don't understand what space is required for certain use cases. Yep. Um, I had this conversation with my in-laws recently. They're like, oh, I wanna, we want a 10 by 16 deck. I was like, okay, sounds good. Just heads up. That's not very big. If you're planning on putting a table out there, 10 is like too small. That's you want to go minimum. Like minimum 12. Yeah. Like 10's tight. Yep. Like, no, we don't want people to be sitting out there anyway. We want people to be down at the patio by the lake. Okay, fine. We build it 10 by 12. Already they're talking about now they're going to get a smaller fire table and smaller patio furniture because 10's a little bit too tight. Mm -hmm. You could have gone 12. Like they had reasons for not wanting to go 12 is going to encroach on other things too. But the point is you might think you can get away with a certain size and then it doesn't work for your furniture and your use, use case. So, Did you feel like just a little bit vindicated when that happened? When the mother-in-law was like, it's a little small. All the way along. The all whole the time, way, like, right? All just of the like, changes is like, that's I told you. what I said. That's because I'm the goddamn expert. That's what I why said. don't you? Why do people do that? Yeah. Why do they walk in here? Oh, these boards have crews. That's uh, just like I said. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do. Yeah, that's why I said I wouldn't do it like that. But anyway, <laughs> it like that's probably one of my bigger pet peeves in the store is when people are like, "Well, I don't want to do it like that." It's like, then why'd you ask my opinion? Like I, I could have helped you. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to help you. Yeah, we do this every day. That's all we do, every day, all day, all time, every day. This might surprise you. But I've <laughs> You're not the first person that been involved the in a few decks and put a couple pieces of patio furniture on before. <laughs> I have a rough idea of what works for. We actually shouldn't even sell ten foot lumber. Number three. What was that? Material selection. We shouldn't even sell ten foot lumber. It's like I segued into that. I can see it. <laughs> yeah, this is a big one. There's so many options out there. Well, you did the presentation to the engineers. Go ahead. Well, I just, I just did a bunch of signage for our stores that helps people kind of start to digest all the options that are out there because there's options at every stage, material selection. So what kind of piles are you going to put, footings are you going to put in the ground? Are you going to do full piles? Can you have me one of those? Are you going to do adjustable footings on top? Like the budget's going to come into play? We're just going to keep score here. I'm going to keep it so that it's on my... Oh, you have multiples. I see. Oh, yeah. No, that's, there's like five different signs for each stage of a deck. Okay, here we go. We got footings. We Pretty got boards. Fantastic. I need. I must need framing. What are we doing? Going through all these? Oh, yeah, in the privacy wall. Yeah, bring that to me. So you've got that option. Oh, yeah, here we go. Typically, when you get to your framing, typically there's not, traditionally, there hasn't really been much for options. You just framed it out of pressure-treated lumber. Yeah. But nowadays, there is options. You could do pressure-treated lumber framing. You could do steel framing. In some areas, you can do composite framing. You can do aluminum framing. But most of the time, you're doing wood framing. 12-inch on center, 16-inch on center. Right. G-tape, no G-tape on the joists. So there's that. But I think when it comes to material selection, what people are really wanting to know is like, I want it, am I going to do composite or wood? Cedar or treated? Yep. Which composite am I going to do? What's the difference between the composites? Why does this composite cost a $2.50 linear foot and this one costs $10 linear foot? They're yep. both composite. How is one four times more? Yeah. 
And so like typically it's a combination of durability, traction, warranty, and color is sort of what drives it. So the better it is, better traction, better coloring, better warranty, it costs more money. That's like kind of the Coles notes. Yeah. And some of those things are probably universally true. Like warranty generally, as you get to higher end boards, usually have higher warranties. Yeah. Traction, however, maybe not so much. Not perfect. uh, Durability, Maybe not so much. Yeah. Coloring and aesthetic for sure gets better when it goes up. Like some of these are for sure. And some of them are like sometimes. Sometimes. But yeah. So the $2, if, if, if a composite that you, if you found like a smoking deal, or you, so you think on a brand of composite that you, you've never heard of before, chances are you're about to get burned. <laughs> like I get no problem saying that because there are so many horror stories of people be like, oh, I did a composite deck. Oh, where'd you get it? Well, I got it from this like little, like, strip mall place that supplies like imported vinyl fencing and decking or something. Yeah. It's like, okay, where do they get it from? Well, I don't really know. A boat. What brand is it? I don't really know. It's just this composite decking. Okay. It just said composite. It was just composite. It was just called composite. Okay. How much? A dollar seventy nine a foot. Don't do it's that. It's like so much cheaper than Trex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like I just spoke to a lady. Well, we do. We speak to these people all the time. But I just spoke to a lady last night. She's like, I'm looking to replace a deck. And so is my, I don't know if it's neighbor or sister, somebody she knows in her circle of people. She's like, I'm looking to redo my deck because I did composite, a cheap composite a year ago, and it's already starting to fall apart. And she's like, I need to replace it. And my neighbor or sister, whoever it was, did wood five years ago, and they're regretting doing wood. And so they also want a composite because we have a sale on composite right now. Right. So she was like, I'm checking for both of us. Like, we're both looking to redo decks and Different reasons. Can you give me a deal? Because I'm going to buy lots of it. Yeah. No, she didn't even go there. It was just like, <laughs> it was just conversational. But the thing was, it was like, she got burned by a too good to be true deal. I don't know what yeah. comps deduction she has on there, but I guarantee you it's I not know a where good it quality from. brand. I, I guess. You know where it was manufactured for sure. Yeah. And so that stuff's out there. It's absolute crap. If you don't recognize it, like just do some research. If you can't find anything about it online, if it's not a top brand, avoid it. Why would you risk something that's so expensive? Yeah. You're not going to go buy a car. It wasn't that expensive. You know, like. It is to replace it. By the time you do it a second time in two (laughs) years. Not so expensive thing is cheap enough. Yeah, that's right. I was like, there's nothing more expensive than cheap enough. Right. But I'm like, you would not go, you would not be like, oh, it's time for a new pickup truck. Better go buy a new pickup truck. Okay. Well, I've got this Ford here. It's 70. I got this GMC. It's 74. I got this Chevy over here. It's 68. Oh, what's this one? Tankard? Never heard of Tankard before. What's 40? That's a great deal for a truck. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I've never heard of this before. Nobody I know drives one. I've never even seen it at a store. That's the same thing. <laughs> Why would you take that chance? Ah, you could get two of them, though. <laughs> you get two of them. <laughs> they both last two years. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's the equivalent. There's absolute garbage out there in the market. You're going to find it at little tiny hole-in-the-wall stores, and they're importing it from China. That's what's <gasps> happening. You're going to find it sometimes at box stores. Yeah. Box stores will also sometimes carry a good brand, too. Yes, they They'll do. They'll carry a good brand yep. and then a cheap brand. Yep. Go ahead and buy your Trex from Home Depot if you really want to. Like, there's a lot of reasons why you shouldn't, but it's the same product, though. That's true. So that's fine. But don't buy the stuff that's a buck cheaper because it's, like, it's 10 times worse. Yeah, it's really, really, really bad. Yeah. Okay. And so, but if you stick with Trex, Timotech, Fiberon, Decorators, Wolf, Moisture Shield, like these are all good brands out there that are US or Canadian made. 
they're like, you know what? I think you could probably you could probably blanket statement that and just be like, if it's Canadian or U.S. made, it's probably for okay. For the most part, it's pretty. You're for sure down a good path. Like, yeah, I think that's a really a good, good starting point. Like, we don't carry everything that's manufactured in North America, um, but I don't know that I like. I don't have too, like I don't have too many that I dislike. Yeah, you know? but we just don't stock them all. We can't. It's not possible to stock. Yeah, seventy eight colors. But and the things you might not like about it could be like, um, what am I trying to say? Um, like opinion based. What am I trying to say? Aesthetics. Yeah, or that or something, right? It's not that it's a bad quality. It's just like, I don't really like the aesthetic of it. Or maybe right, it's yeah. just like it doesn't perform well in certain, whatever. Yeah. But yeah. it's not it's not garbage. Some of the stuff out there is garbage. Pure garbage. Will disintegrate, literally, there was a, on your yeah, deck. A customer that I was talking to, and I was, honestly, they were trying to buy composite. They brought this piece in, and they showed it to me, and they're like, we're thinking we're going to do this. Do you have it? And I was like, for the love of God, please just do treated lumber. And yeah, come back 100%. And, and I was like, and then come back in five years. And they're like, we're going to do this. And I was like, I don't sell that. And I'm not here trying to sell you composite. I'm not saying like take $1.79 board and then just magically find an extra $2,000 and buy the stuff from me. Uh, just buy the boards that I'm selling for 99 cents a foot, put it on, leave it for five years, and then redo your deck. Don't put that shit on your deck. Yeah. And the guy was like, you're you're just a swindly sales guy, and I was like, have a life. And that what he went. He like took off. He was like, didn't buy anything from us. Yep. He thought I was trying to screw him over. I was like, I'm really not. I really, really, really am not. I just don't want you to do that product. Yeah. Unfortunately, you lose that customer forever because they won't come back. Right. Yeah. Like they won't come back and be like, oh, pretty hard to tuck you your tail right. and walk back in. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yep, is what it is. Number four. Foundations and structural support. So we talked a little bit about this already. Touched on it briefly. But uh, we won't go into all the details and all the options. Out there. There's lots of options. But essentially your two primary categories of options is are you going to do like actual footings in the ground or are you going to do like a floating yeah, foundation essentially? Some areas you're not allowed to do floating. Right. Some places you actually have to be connected to the ground. Yeah. Uh, here, um, you know, we're in the wild, wild west. You're allowed to just do whatever you'd like out here. Ooh. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah and so you can you just set it on the ground here but it's even different tie it to your house Regina to Moose Jaw down the street yep. 40 minutes down the road Moose Jaw anything over 2 feet needs piles on the ground Regina anything over 6 feet so even oh, between wow. those two cities that are right side by side the rules change quite a bit yep. but Regina as soon as you put a roof structure or anything that's going to carry a snow load or have wind uplift then you have to put a pile on the ground regardless yep. a lot of people refer to these things as cottage blocks down the States, a lot of places you're allowed to use them as long as you're not attaching to the house. Yep. So if you float your deck, you can use a floating footing. But if you're going to attach to a structure that's not floating, then you like you have to use also a, an equivalent foundation for it too, which yep. makes sense. Yep. So there's options out there, different types of floating foundations, and then, of course, different types of in-ground footings. Between Correct. helicals and concrete and ground screws and everything else. Yeah. So yeah. it's a, the only reason to go with the floating ones is budget. Let's just get that out of the way. There's nothing that they do better than putting a proper pile on the ground. Proper piles on the ground are costly, though. And so the Certainly. only reason you do a floating footing would be to save money. Yeah. But it comes with maintenance. Yep. Yeah, because you have to adjust it. Yeah. But I think that's a trade-off that you're willing to make, as is life, right? Sure. You have and a floating footing, floating footing, when I say it, it's because it's sitting on top of the ground. So if you're in an area that has, like, soil shifting or frost, like, winter... 
you have frost yeah. shifting or whatever, then your whole deck is going to do what the ground's doing. So it may settle unevenly. Not may. It will settle unevenly. Yeah. And some people are really, really nervous about that. They get worked up and they're like, well, I don't want my deck to move. And so I talk about this quite a bit with customers as well. We get that idea because we don't want our house to move. Because if your house moves, then your doors don't open. Yeah. Because you have an eighth of an inch of variance. That's all you're allowed. Yeah. Right? But on the deck outside, it's like, well, if your deck drops half an inch, it's still a deck. Yeah. Like the stairs are still there. They're maybe slightly less level than they were, but like your furniture didn't fall off. Your dog doesn't now. A lot easier to re-level the deck than your house, too. Sure. Yeah. So anyways, it's not like it's not all bad. So Number five. Ooh. DIY versus professional. So hiring a contractor to do it or doing it yourself. Yeah. Depends on the project and your abilities. It, yeah, your, yeah, your abilities will dictate this. <laughs> uh, First and foremost. Yeah. It's really funny. So sometimes what I, like, I have the ability to change the oil in my truck. I absolutely know how to do that. I can take the filter off and drain the oil and then put the plug back in and go to it. I do think that there is really something to like keeping the economy going. And it's like, let the oil change people, change oil, let the deck builders build decks. And if you're a banker, like just go count your money. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there is something to be said for like doing what you do. If you think about how much time it will take you to build a deck and you think about what you get paid to do your job, then think about like what that costs. Because your time, like your time has value. Well, it's on the weekend and I wasn't going to do, like I wasn't going to be working anyways. And it's a way to save some money. It's like, you could take your kids to the beach, man. Like, or, yeah. right? Spend some time yeah. with your family. And the deck builder is going to put this thing up in ten times a faster. third of the time yeah. <laughs> that you can. So, yeah. Like I said, but, the scale of the project is going to dictate it a bit. Yeah. Along with your ability. So if you have the ability, you've done all the power tools, maybe you built a few decks before and it's a manageable product project and you're not relying on a bunch of buddies to come help you. And it's just like, you know, it's an eight by 10 deck and you can crack it off in a weekend or a couple weekends or three weekends, whatever. Then yeah. have at her. Yeah. But if, if you're not familiar with it and you're not sure how to do things properly, then maybe don't. But also if the scale of the project is one that is like gigantic, like if it's, if we're talking, it's like, doesn't even have to be gigantic. If it's four or five hundred square feet, four hundred square feet, and you're trying to do that by that's yourself, a lot for you to carve whole off summer part time by yourself. It may seem like a great idea, and you're gonna hate it halfway through and be like, "Good lord, this thing will never end." I don't have time or patience for this anymore. It's no longer fun. Yeah. So, the, if you have the money, like hire the contractor, no question. The only reason to do it yourself is yeah. either pride of work or to save some money. Yep. So, if you can think you can do that, and you have the ability, and the scale of it is manageable then yeah. fine do it yourself uh, the one service that we offer not like to plug our store but that assisted diy is such a awesome great balance yeah. like it's such a great thing yeah. right we're geniuses the way we came up with that idea yeah if we'd only promote it more <laughs> uh basically you have the option to have a contractor frame your deck yeah and then you can put the deck boards on and you can put the railing on so uh you're able to cut some costs you're able to put some equity into your deck and you know that the the deck is built strong and proper and it's like, and it gets framed up so fast that's and you don't have too. the proper tools for that. But for a homeowner, that's probably the slowest part 
Because that's the part where all the figuring out happens. All yeah. the figuring out and all the like questions are about how it's supposed to be done and whether you connect it this where way. Where do I put my posts? How do I yeah, all that is like for somebody who's not super experienced with it, that takes all the time. How do I connect the ledger to my house properly? How do I know when I've hit something? Yep. It's like, well, a contractor just does that. They just know that. Yeah, and for the contractors, that's one of the quicker steps. Because they're they're not <laughs> wondering anything, they know how to do it all. So they can blast that up for you, have that ready to go, and you step in when it's like oh, I just have to lay the deck boards in a straight line and put the fasteners in? I can do that. They're, like, we have this one crew, almost for sure they could frame 500 square feet a deck a day. Yeah. Just frame. And, like, it's un- it's unreal to watch them. Like, there's four of them, three, four of them. They don't even talk. They just, like, they do, like, they do 200 square feet decks in, like, a couple hours. It's yeah. framed up, blocked, ready to go. <laughs> like, okay, are the deck boards coming? I was like, uh, no deck boards on this one. This is just an assisted DIY. Yeah. Do you have another one for us? It's like, yep. And off they go. They do two a day. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyways. Pretty good option. They Number love it. six. Maintenance needs. I need to remember to lift my headphone up. Maintenance needs. So, really, the maintenance when it comes to a lot of decks nowadays is next to zero. Pressure wash. wash. It off here yeah. and there. If you're doing like comps of deck with aluminum rail. Yep. The only time maintenance comes into play is, well, I guess if your foundation is the floating one, you may have some maintenance there. Yeah, leveling it, and that's fine. Yeah. And then if you choose wood. If you choose wood for your deck, which is just fine, you're, but you're going to have a maintenance. As system. long as you take care of it, it'll last. It, yeah. will, it will be a fine option. Yeah. So make sure you're okay with that. Make sure you look forward to maintaining your deck. Because if you are anything other than someone who looks forward to doing it, you're going to eventually hate it. Yeah, and you know what? There... There's like a spot where I would even say that you should probably draw a line, even if you look, <laughs> even if you like doing it. I just don't think that people should do wood railing. I just, that's the worst part. I think sure. that you should bite the bullet and do aluminum railing. Yeah. Because staining the deck is not that bad. You do wood with cable or something. Get rid sure. of the infill. It makes it a little bit better. Post yeah. and top rail is not too, too bad. But. Yeah. 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 But anyways, the maintenance sucks. Like, let's that's be honest. Like it's, it, even if you like, if you're a tinker and you're always looking for projects to do around the house and you like going out there and doing that, then fine. But that's that's yeah. not ninety eight percent of people. Not really. No. Nope. For most people, it's a chore that's going to need to do be done probably almost years. every year, every yeah. couple years. Um, you're likely going to go use a shitty product for it because that's what ninety percent of people do too, mm-hmm. which then just creates a bigger headache. Yep. Like if you're going to do it yourself, make sure you get yourself a good like penetrating oil. That is well revered. Don't use any crap off the box or shelf. Yeah, just, just read the reviews, you know? Google make, it, read yeah. a review. Make the job 10 times worse than it needs to be. You already didn't like doing it. Yeah. Anyway, and, and literally with the bad product, you can wreck your deck. You're just yes. you're flat out wrecking your whole thing. And then you're going to hate it. Yep. So anyway, maintenance sucks. It costs money to maintain a deck. It costs time to maintain a deck. Do you think that the break-even point is still kind of around that nine years? It's probably changed now, hey? So back in the, like when we first started the store, there was like some study in the U.S. that said the break-even point between pressure-treated lumber and and composite was about nine years by the time you've stained it and maintained it and replaced the odd board and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, if you're paying somebody to do it, probably for sure still. If you're oiling it yourself, whatever, it might cost you a couple hundred bucks in oil. Every other year. So it probably takes longer if you're doing it yourself. Yeah. Unless you value your time, whatever. But if you're paying a company to come out and like re whatever, potentially sand and oil your deck, like you're probably dropping a grand a year just getting it maintained. Yep. Again, depends on the size of the deck. Blah, but, blah, blah. Yep. but if it's a thousand bucks a year to 
whatever. Like that doesn't take very long. Two, to catch up that to, takes two years <laughs> yeah, to catch what comps it would have been. Yeah, that's right. So number seven. Resale value and regulated inspections. How is that one thing? Let's just skip the inspection. I feel like inspections is part of the permit process. Would be. Resale value though. Um. Yeah, unless an inspection was like you had somebody come out just to make sure that the deck was actually still safe and, oh, and able to sell. Okay, sure. Uh, so you could do that. Yeah, resale value, it's so hard. There's a lot of studies out there and different numbers get thrown around. You know, stats can tell you whatever you want. But generally what I've heard is that composite or composite decks generally maintain 80 to 100% of their value. So if that deck costs you 10 grand, like over its life, a deck yeah. costs you 10 grand to do and you go sell your house in six years from now, it probably added around eight to $10,000 of value to your home. So you're going to get some of that back. Wood decks on the other hand, almost add nothing because they're projects, they're, they're jobs. They require work. And when people you, buy a house, it's got a wood deck. It's like, ugh, I got to take care of this thing. Like anybody buying a house would have preferred to have had composite. Correct. Therefore, they're not willing to pay more because there's a wood deck. It's like, I would rather it not even be there. I'd rather just put a new deck on it. Yeah. So it, the wood decks hardly help your resale value at all. Yeah. And certainly beyond five years, it's at zero. And like, I think that like, if it's well-maintained, somebody can walk into your house, look at it, look outside, see this like really like well-laid out, well-maintained deck. And they can see value in it. And they don't mind the doing the maintenance themselves. But they for sure are not going to pay more because it's there. Yeah. They might be like, it might it might not be a negative, but I think that's the best you're going to get out of wood. Yeah. It might not be a negative. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. Number eight. Environmental impact. Okay. So this is a concern for some people. I guess both the construction. Like the not us. We're old, right? And so we're not going to be around long anymore. Right. Yeah. So your materials you're using, though, like what you're doing in the ground, I don't know. If maybe your summer that um, the actual construction of your deck may have environmental impact. If you're on, if you're like lakeshore or ocean side, there's going to be certain rules you got to follow there. Yeah. Um, if you're in certain, uh, what am I trying to say? Protected, um, like environmental, environmental like zones grass or, or land restrictions or, as to yeah. what you can use, different fire ratings you require to use, etc. Yeah, like parks and stuff, right? Provincial parks or yep. federal parks or may dictate some of what you're allowed to do. Yeah. Uh, but then there's also the environmentally friendliness of the products you're using specifically. So some people want lumber because they don't want to use plastics because plastics are bad. And some people are like, give me the plastic because I don't want to cut down trees. And so it's like, so you the can plastic is recycled. Almost all of the yeah. stuff is recycled. Uh, steel framing is all recycled steel. It, yeah. And infinitely, right? And infinite. steel, f- steel can always be recycled. Yeah. Whereas some things have a shelf life, but yeah. And so, you know, you can, you can make a case for either. Yeah. Uh, obviously the carbon footprint of a, of a composite deck board is quite a bit more than, uh, than a wood one. Right. Yeah. But yeah. But yeah, but on the other hand, yeah, a composite deck, you are taking like, I don't know how much, how many goes into one board, but like that board is made up of the waste product byproduct from a wood mill anyway. So yeah. the fibers that are getting essentially thrown into the garbage anyway. Yeah. And all your laundry detergent bottles and your recycled stuff that comes out of your household yep. gets Plastic melted down and used in there. So it stays out of the landfill. So there's clearly a very good environmental reason for that too. Yeah. What happens when it's done? Well, it goes to the landfill. So like, uh, it doesn't have to. Some of it can get reground and some of it can. But 
if it's going to make its way back to the guys who are doing the regrinding. Yeah. We're probably not. It's not, though. Yeah. So, depends on which angle you want to take as to which one's the most important. It's funny how that works, right? It's like it's like statistics. You can just kind of bend that however you'd like that to report. It's like electric vehicles. Like, well, they're better because they don't give out emissions. Like, yeah, when you drive them, they don't. Right. But so they, they get way made. More. There's a pretty heavy impact. Well, and so it depends on which angle you want to present. Right. And to charge them, yeah. uh, they charge on electricity and... I know that what people want to think is that it's solar and wind. That's not what's actually charging them. What yeah. most electric grids run on is coal. Yeah. And so like you've gone from, you've gone from fossil fuels being like burning fossil fuels out of the car to burning ore in huge plants, what? big stacks. Out of sight, out of mind. Right. And you also have to, you also have to mine lithium out of the ground is yeah. that i would argue that's actually worse yeah but. i've seen i've seen some like <laughs> some stats or graphs that show like over the lifespan of a car which one actually is better for the environment and it's like it's not the electric it's ones. not the electric one but anyway number nine that's all it's five o'clock right now. i thought we had 15 oh okay nine can you make one up for us can't end on like being surprised that the list is over. Give us one more. What's something you've wondered, Warfa? What didn't we answer for you? <laughs> Just totally on the spot. How what? Oh yeah. The floating verbiage decks. of a floating deck has them confused. What which Okay. Is? Well we can expand that a little bit if sure. you want to, and then we will bounce out of here. Um so a floating deck is is simply, boy, there's two ways that word could be used, and I use it in the less common way. A floating deck is generally referred to a, a deck that's not attached to another structure. It's not attached to a house. It's floating independently by itself. It's I like, I was using the words like that's floating on it. Yeah. <laughs> I was using it in the way that I was saying that the deck is floating on the ground and it's not attached in the ground. So I was kind of using it maybe a less common way. Yeah, I think what Shane was referring to is that half of your deck is fastened to the house and then out here on this far end it's just sitting on the ground and so it can like it can rise and fall as the ground so like if you're floating on the water right and the waves waves are coming you do what the waves do you do what the water does you float on top and that's what the a floating when i was saying floating deck i was referring to it's sitting on top of the ground and so if the ground heaves two inches because of frost heave the deck is going to float with it and go with it and if the ground, you know, in our environment, at least in the Regina area, super clay soils, which are very expansive when they get wet. Mm-hmm. So even w- like there's frost we got to deal with. And then there's also expansive clay soils. So really wet spring, the ground can expand. It can, it can heave two inches just from moisture. It rains too much this year. Then, it, then in June, the rain stops and it gets really dry and the ground all shrinks back down. And the deck, so the deck's just doing that up and down, up and down, up and down, which if it's floating in the other way, not attached to the house and it's all just going up and down at the same time, who cares? Yeah. You wouldn't even notice it probably. Doing just fine. Yeah. Um, If it's attached to the house, then you've like, you know how you, if you ever try to snap something off of something, it's like you bend it back and forth a bunch of times and then it gets weak and then you snap it off. Well, that's the problem with attaching to a permanent structure like a house and then having it float is that you're stressing those hanger nails and those fasteners because the deck is just constantly being hinged and moved back and forth and back and forth a thousand times a year. Because people often say like, well, how many freeze thaw cycles do you have in a year? It's like, ah, uh, two. Uh, when it freezes <laughs> in the winter and then when it thaws in the spring. 
No. That's not true. No, you have like 600 because for yeah. many days a year, it's plus six during the day and it's minus 14 at night. It freezes and thaws every day twice for like a hundred, like whatever it is. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of movement that can happen. Like there's, there is certainly a month on both sides of that. Yeah. There's 30 days on both sides. Where it's like daily goes through that cycle. Right. So it's 60 times in the spring, 60 times in the fall. Yeah. Right. So, so that can just stress. Like, I'm not saying the ground is moving daily. It's doing that because it's like it eventually the freeze sets into it and it stays. But, um, but certainly expansion and contraction of the boards that's yep. happening daily. Yep. The boards grow during the, in the middle of the day and then they shrink at night and they grow and then they shrink and then they grow and they shrink and the fasteners holding them need to be able to withstand that. Yeah. So anyways, floating, does that kind of answer it? Kind of sort of a little bit. All right. Well, we managed to do 15 topics in only nine topics. He's ready Eight. to build a deck. Ready to build a deck. Sweet. Okay, buddy. Okay, well, that was a great list, so I'm glad we discussed that. But uh, Wade and Shane, peace out the for today. tomorrow. Deck podcast. Need a show this is not the one. Living. Wade, this, this is, is the first sad. time we've done this. You're supposed to correct me on this. Let's do the right one. With the outro now? That's what our intro sounds like, and we're going to change that. How can you tell that it's been too long since we've done this podcast? All the buttons are messed up. At least you know how to build decks. Hey, thank you for listening to the Ultimate Deck Podcast. Now you know what we're about. Check the site. Come and shop. UltimateDeckShop.com. Hit us right away for sponsorships. So tell us if you want to collaborate. Let's go. Check us out on any social networks. Thank you for listening.